Yo, 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 it's the 1409 podcast. I go by the name of KT. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Who you, who that is again? It's your boy, Gualamese World, man. The host hey. had muted my mic. <laughs> yeah, my bad, my bad. I ain't meant to be like that. All right, it's episode 107. We got a special guest in here, the creator of the Black Social Club and the Black Fitness Club groups on Facebook. They're growing rapidly. So you already know what time it is. She's doing great things in many communities. We got Miss Nia Mapp in here. How you doing, man? I'm great. How are you guys? All good. All good. Good, good, good. Yeah. Uh-oh. I thought I heard something better. Okay. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> all good. So we're going to get a little bit more into you, but then we got a little intro out of the way. Let's go ahead and get into the... Oh yeah, nah, we do. It, you can you can drink wine or whatever. It ain't gotta be. It ain't gotta be a necessarily a hard shot, but you know what I'm saying. We drink. We be drinking on here. And <laughs> usually, this is what we do. We let the guests do the cheers. So whatever you want to cheers, whatever you want to do a cheers to, we gonna we gonna let you do the cheers right here. Uh, okay, well, um, I want to toast to peace, love, prosperity, and black excellence. Peace, love, prosperity, and black excellence. Okay, I'm loving that. I'm loving that. <laughs> Let's get to it. Yeah. You can't go wrong with that. You can't. <laughs> I gotta put some more drink up in there. Okay, <laughs> I think the put some drink in your cup. <laughs> Hey, if y'all from the Black Social Club, go ahead and drop a comment. You know what I'm saying? We up in here. We up in yeah. here for Hashtag Black Social Club. Hashtag 1409. Show the support. Already. All right. We got the shots out of the way. Let's go and get to the trivia. The trivia. You know what I'm saying? So this could be for the viewers or it could be for, for you, Ms. Ms. Nia. So okay. the trivia for tonight is... Who was nominated? No, I ain't gonna do that one. I ain't gonna do that because I don't really know it. <laughs> what I got for uh -oh. yeah. Uh oh, we got replays. All right, my <laughs> trivia is what? What did Jamie Fox? What movie did Jamie Foxx win an Academy Award for? Was that Ray? Yeah, yeah, you got that one. You got that. I'll okay. That. I drink that. Was that, the, that was the easy one. Mm-hmm. Keith Johnson, I see you up in here, Black Social Club. Ronnie Paul, Black Social Club. I see y'all up in here, man. All right, Miss Nia. What are three things people may not know about you? Ooh. Um, I'm I'm probably a way bigger nerd than people think I am. I play about five different instruments. Um I'm an adult fan of Legos, so I like to build like really <laughs> big, complex Lego sets to think through things. Um, and I'm actually an introvert. I just play an extrovert on like Facebook and at work, but in real life, I'm a total introvert. <laughs> so you be ducked off in the corner in real life, which is oh yeah. Like if we're all at a, a big party, you can find me in the most quiet corner, away from everybody else. Praying to get out of there. 
Hey, I thought you was an extrovert. What's up, Brett Crawford? We see you in here, Quinn Brown, Black Social Club. Up, they up in here deep tonight, man. If y'all rocking with Nia, go ahead and drop a uh, Black Social Club in the comments and drop fourteen oh nine hashtag fourteen oh nine in the comments for sure, for sure. Hit that share button. So, so, how many Lego collections do you have? I would have never guessed this. A lot. So, like, do you really want to know about this? <laughs> it's um, it's yeah, a lot. Okay, so I've done like whole modular uh building series. I've done like the Harry Potter Hogwarts castle. I've done a lot of like architectural things. Um, this is so nerdy. This is really bad. Um, <laughs> but that's what I do. Like you see that little Lego head? Wait, that right there. It's my little spare pieces because I have a table here in my office. And so when I need to think through stuff or I'm stressed out, I sit and I. <laughs> Like us, <laughs> hey, ain't nothing wrong with it, man. Nothing wrong with it at all. I come up with really great strategies and ideas though while I'm doing it. It's 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 calming. People like what they like. You know what I'm saying? I I would I would play with Legos, but I feel like it'd be too complicated for me to put anything together. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it is, but you know, you just that's kind of the beauty of it. You work through the challenge when you get stuck on a complex part. And that's I mean, that's really the approach to life, right? We gotta work through tough stuff to get the the beautiful result we want to see in the end. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. So do you have like a like all your Lego creations on display in your home? <laughs> you got a, um, you got a room for it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a whole entire room. So we turned um, my loft here at the house is what we call our Lego land, me and my kiddos. And so like I have my whole modular city on display up there, but like only special people can see it. And right now it's all broken down because we are in the process of moving. So you can't see it if you wanted to. But that's, I think that's cool, though. That's dope. Yeah, that's that's like my that's my deep, dark secret. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the extent of my dirty laundry. I do like a. <laughs> oh man, I would have never know, and I would have never known you were an introvert because look how many people you bring together. Um, yeah, <laughs> black social club and then everything like that. I think I've always had a gift of bringing people together, and um, you know, I think it just becomes when you're an authentic person, people pick up on that. When you are someone who really does root for other people's success and try to support them, people are drawn to that. So even though I'm not a big extrovert, I think a lot of times people are drawn to me in various places, whether it's the social media presence I have or um, even my 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 professional network or just even in my neighborhood, it just, it happens. I don't know why people just start talking to me everywhere I go. <laughs> you got that good energy there. People just yeah. Yeah, that's what my daughter tells me. She's like, Mom, everywhere we go, people just talk to you. I'm like, I don't know why, because I'm painfully shy in real life and an introvert, but um, here we are. <laughs> Still making things happen out here for sure. Yeah, yeah. So you are originally from Washington, D.C., right? Yeah, well, if I'm being completely honest, I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, but my mother, it's like, there's a whole backstory there, but like my mother secretly gave me away for adoption. And then as soon as I was adopted, my family moved to DC. So DC is the home I know. Um, 
but I did find my family eventually. So I know a little about Cincinnati now, but yeah, DC, that's my hometown. That's what I know. Um, that's what I love. Okay. You care to share about your upbringing? Yeah. Um, you know, my upbringing was pretty stale. I grew up, um, mom and dad at home, super religious family. I grew up in the seventh day Adventist religion. So, um, it's a lot of rules, like a lot of you cannot, like you cannot wear makeup, you cannot wear jewelry, you cannot eat meat, you cannot break the Sabbath. Um, so it was very restrictive as a kid. I missed out on like trick or treating, going to dances, proms, but um, there was a lot of goodness that came out of that. Um, but I was really a tomboy, so it didn't matter anyway. I wasn't trying to get dressed up. Uh, I rode bikes with boys and climbed trees and played in the woods all day anyway. Um, so that would mean it was cool. I miss, I think the most valuable thing about growing up in an area like DC is the diversity. Um, the neighborhood I lived in, it was literally worldwide. You know, across the street, I had an Indian family. Next door, we had a family from Pakistan. To the other side, we had a family that was Jewish. And so when you're able to grow up around people and really become part of their lives, their traditions, their culture. I think it provides you with such a robust childhood and viewpoint on the world. And I tell people all the time that that upbringing and that environment has absolutely contributed to my professional success today. Because um, largely there isn't any room you can put me in with any person that I don't know at least something about where they come from, what they believe, what they eat, what they celebrate. Um, so very valuable, which is another reason why um, I'm putting my family in a more diverse environment because I want my children to have that experience. Okay. But okay. Chocolate City. Baby. Chocolate City. <laughs> Chocolate City. Chocolate City. Hey, so what, what led to your migration from the East Coast? Man, I've lived everywhere. Um, let me think when I was in, as soon as I finished eighth grade, my parents just came home one day and were like, hey, we're moving to Atlanta. I was like, time out. No, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um, but went to high school actually in Atlanta, um, got married in Atlanta. I'm no longer married, um, but got married there. Um, I went to college in Alabama. Um, I was married to military for quite some time. So lived in Florida. And then ultimately um, that person's career is what brought me to San Antonio, Texas. I don't think I would have wound up here any other way. And um, next next month, it'll be 10 years in San Antonio. So it's kind of crazy. Um, time flew by really quickly. Oh, yeah. Time time, time flies for real, for real. So you said yeah. Alabama, Alabama A&M to be exact? No, Bulldogs, let's go. Hey, HBCUs, putting over the HBCUs. I see you out here. Yeah, I went to two HBCUs. I um, started at Oakwood. Uh, back then it was Oakwood College. Now it is Oakwood University. And it's literally about 15 minutes away from A&M. Transferred over to Alabama A&M. Um, so, yeah, two HBCUs under my belt. Love it. And I think anybody who has not had that experience, send your kid to an HBCU. It will edify you. It does prepare you for the real world. Um, it really helps to, for someone like me who grew up in a diverse environment, but still went to predominantly white private schools. It really helped me feel very confident and comfortable in my blackness and how to to walk throughout the world and understand who I am and where I come from. So just an incredible experience that um, I encourage any young person to have. Already. Yeah. 
I just want to say, yeah. I gotta say something now. Nah, I don't know if you guys want to say, but if not, then we can just get right into it. Let's get into it. Let's let's feed off the energy, Miss Nia. All let's right. All right, so we're gonna get right into it. Uh your career path you chose, you ended up working for USAA. Can we yeah. talk about it a little bit? Absolutely. I'm always happy to share that journey. What do you want to know about it? Was your marriage part of the decision to work for USAA? Absolutely yeah. not. Um <laughs> You said you was married in the military. I just, I was just I wondering. Was. And you know? the incredible thing about the company I work for is we are so focused on the military community, not just the active duty um, service members, but, you know, the retirees, the spouses, the children, we really do take it to heart. I think that was one of the most impressive things that I found when I started working there. Cause you know, like people advertise stuff, right. And it's like, Oh, we care. And it's like, no, you don't. But USAA, legit cares you know in every conference room in that building they have the mission the standard we start every meeting with it right um but honestly when i got divorced i wanted to get as far away from the military community as possible because i had been living it for so long and um it just for me was not a positive experience um which i've talked about a lot in my group when i talk about healing and stuff like that but um so USA was probably the last place I thought I would have wound up in a military company, but it has been just a phenomenal life-changing experience for me. And it has absolutely propelled me, um, the things I've been able to accomplish there. So I love it. I absolutely do. But yeah, yeah I started really out of desperation, if I'm being completely honest. Um, when I split from my husband, I didn't have anything. Um, at the time that we separated, I just had a baby. So I wasn't really working. Um, I had no money to my name. Um, bank accounts were kind of cleared out. Um, I was left with nothing and scraping to get by. I had to lean on my uncle and my best friend to get me through that um, period where it was literally like I didn't have the money to feed my kids. Um, so there was someone at church shout out um brother and sister blackwell they kept harassing me i felt like i was being harassed every week and i don't think i've ever told them this but i really felt like they were harassing me every week they were like you should apply at usaa because he works there mm-hmm. and i'm like no like i don't want to do anything related to the military <laughs> and um yeah, yeah i'm like bro like i'm not interested um but they're such wonderful people so they kept saying nia like you really should apply i think you could you know do well there And so finally, just so I wouldn't have to look them in the eye and tell them I didn't do it again, like one night I just randomly applied for a job online. Um, And that way I was like, okay, I've checked the box. I can tell them I applied. And unlike most people, I got, you know, a call for an interview the very next day. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I did like a phone screen. Um, By the end of that week, I had already been invited to come in for an in-person interview and I was hired very quickly. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, USA is a fortune 100 company. We get hundreds of applicants, you know, for every position. So to kind of just be chosen when you're haphazardly entering a job application doesn't happen. (laughs) Um, but I think sometimes when something in life is meant to be yours, when it's destined for you, it happens. Um, which I believe a lot in manifestation and visualization. So, um, 
which has been an incredible journey. Um, I've, I've had six jobs in my almost six years there. I've rapidly promoted. Um, so it's just, it's been, it's been amazing. Oh yeah, you definitely moved up in there. I I, I did some <laughs> research. I did the research. Uh, <laughs> I see, I see, like where you started and where you at now with the positions. Like that's a since twenty six since twenty fifteen. You you made you made your way up there for real. For yeah, real. Oh, you did your research for real. You know what? Okay, yeah, since twenty fifteen. Yeah, I started. <laughs> you yeah. must know somebody up there got my profile. Um, so <laughs> LinkedIn. I'm on. I'm looking on LinkedIn and you. Oh, uh, yeah, I started. Um, actually, started in the lowest paying job that they have, <laughs> which that department doesn't even exist anymore. Um, I started there making about thirty three thousand dollars a year in the call center, getting yelled at by members because I was a total loss claims adjuster. So basically, you've been in a car accident, and when by the time you talk to me, I'm the person that says, "Hey, I know you thought we were going to fix your car." But we're not. And also, here's what you owe your lien holder. So the whole settlement is going to the lien holder. And by the way, you still owe them money. So we good. <laughs> um, so it was an awful job. Um, but it also gave me an opportunity to help people to serve our members who needed us most, because I also dealt a lot with people who had lost loved ones um, in accidents, who had lost limbs, who um, didn't know what the future was going to hold. And so it was nice to just provide them with sunshine um, on, on a dark day. My manager, I kind of got known for like enjoying taking on the fatality calls. So <laughs> um, my manager, like, I thought you were talking to someone on a fatality. I'm like, I was. They're like, well, you guys are laughing. I'm like, yeah, you know, we can still laugh through our pain. And yeah, the claim is settled. We're good. So um, but yeah, I did that job for about a year and a half and then went into HR moved from there to strategy, from strategy to the insurance agency as the chief of staff, um, from there to the PNC Learning Company, um, writing strategy, and now my current role um, as a strategy and planning director. So um, it's, it's, it's been incredible. Yeah, you just got everything you said. I, I just, I see it on LinkedIn. You ain't, you ain't playing no games, right? <laughs> no, I'm looking at <laughs> I'm legit. Ask about me. No. <laughs> Ask about me. Ask about me. I'm a. <laughs> right, so, what's it like as a business strategy and planning director? What What is that like? It's crazy. Um, yeah, I'm responsible. Really, I'm the glue. Right, I'm the person who's looking ahead, anticipating needs, um, whether it's for our members, for our employees, for the team, for the organization, um, and really trying to say, okay. I believe that because these are the changes that are happening in the environment around us, these are decisions we need to make. This is what we need to do. And then I write those strategic plans out. Um, they turn into like project plans. This is very technical and probably boring, um, but it's a lot of planning. It's a lot of anticipation. It's half knowing the environment, half trusting your intuition um, and just really pushing hard on senior leaders um, and telling them how to do their jobs many times and also just, setting them up for success. Um, it's chaotic. It's a lot of um, last minute fire drills, deadlines, um, and all the work is highly visible. So there's like no room for error. Um, so I think that's probably why in my personal life, I'm as chill as I am because my job is super, super serious and I have a lot of responsibility. So in like 
away from work, I'm just trying to chill in some sweatpants and drink some wine. <laughs> What's your wine of preference? Um, usually it's Cabernet Sauvignon is my favorite. Um, or like I like a really good Chateau de Puff, which is a little pricier. But tonight I'm just sipping on um my favorite sake. My I have a good homeboy here. We go out to dinner like frequently just to talk about nothing. And when we hit our Japanese spot, they always have this Hanafuji apple sake. And then we went to the Japanese market and I got a bottle. So that's what I'm drinking tonight. Oh, okay. Hey, you like it warm? You like the warm sake? Nah, man, I don't like it warm. I drink my Cabernet, you know, room temperature, but everything else, it's got to be cold. And I'm probably doing this like this, like totally black ghetto way. I got ice in here and everything, but I don't care. Ain't that wrong with no ice? I got a plastic cup, so. Oh. You're doing better than I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Plastic cup as, with as, he sips, as he sips from the plastic cup <laughs> with, the pink, with the pinky in the air. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, okay. No dishes to wash, yeah. No dishes, yeah. So, do you feel that there is enough advancement for people of color? Absolutely not. Um, we, we look over over time, right? Um, just how people of color, African Americans specifically, and women. Um, have been treated in this country. This country has been white male dominated since they got here, uh, since they discovered it. Um, so no, there are not enough opportunities, but I think at least the way I've looked at it and why I've been able to progress faster than a lot of my white male peers is I just don't put limits on myself. So I'm gonna start there. Um, I think at the personal level, we have to be aware of the environment that we're in and who controls and runs what, learn it, and then figure out how to navigate it. Because there are cracks in every system. There are loopholes in every system. So for me, I've never been a fight the system type of person. I am a, I will beat you at your own game type of person. So I'm not here to tear down anything. I'm, cause I just don't believe I'm that powerful, but I can beat you at your own game. I will outsmart you. And so <clears throat> I tell my kids, I tell my mentees, you know, there's no one in your life who is more powerful than you. Um, and I think when we start believing that and because a lot of times the system is constructed in such a way that there are not opportunities for us. And we've seen it so many times that we begin to believe that narrative and we tell it and we 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 that becomes our reality when in fact. If we look at today's job market, now it's, ne it's never been a better time to be a black woman in corporate America. Never has it ever been a better time for us. Everyone wants us. We're talented. We're educated. We're qualified. Um, we're driven. Um, so everyone wants us. And now they're starting to tap into our talent. What was that? Oh. That's a round of applause for the women. You know, it's women oh. history. Women. Yeah. yeah. So it's so I think it's sometimes we don't we we self-select out. We don't even put our name in the hat because we already believe that we're defeated. And in any situation that you believe you're defeated, you will absolutely be that. Um, I was telling you guys before we came online, you know, I was at my daughter's track meet today and she has been able to clear up to four foot two inches. But she hasn't been able to clear past that today. She cleared four feet, four inches 
in the meet, has never cleared that high, came in first place. And she said to me as we walked to the car, I said, what, what was the difference? I said, you've never even cleared 4-2. How'd you clear 4-4 today? She said, well, it's what you told me. If I believe I can do it, then I'm going to do it. And I just flew over the bar. And that, I think, if a 12-year-old can grasp it, the rest of us certainly can. If you believe that you can do something, if you can picture it, if you can visualize it, and you're willing to do the hard work that it takes to be, in our cases, well-qualified candidates, in her case, to be a strong competitor, then you will absolutely achieve it. Now, you're going to face some difficulty in the path. Um, my very first promotion, I put in 51, 52 applications before I was <laughs> promoted, but I didn't stop. Like, I didn't let that happen. I've seen so many times where people are like, I put in for promotion. They're not selecting. I put in five times for promotion. I'm like, so keep putting in. Eventually, they're going to get tired of seeing your ass on the net, on the list. They're going to be <laughs> Like the recruiter is tired of seeing Nia map come up. Shit, let her go. Fuck. You know, <laughs> if she's good, great. If she fails, good. We'll get rid of her. We don't have to deal with her anymore. Um, so you got to be persistent. You've got to be tenacious. You can't let anything get in your way. And that is the way I am. Once I've set my eyes on something, I'm literally blind to the bullshit. I literally don't hear, see, think, or feel anything but the success that I've already visualized in my mind. And I'm not special in any way. All of us are capable of doing it. It's a matter of, are we willing to, and are we willing to get rid of this negative self-talk we have because thoughts become things. And so if I don't believe I can succeed, then I won't. Um, all that being said, we have to do all of this in the face of knowing what we're working with. And yes, many roles um, historically have gone to white males. I think there's been a great amount of progress, um, especially in the company I work for and in others across the industry where people are very intentionally seeking diverse talent. And they're saying, hey, but it starts with the recruiters. Well, really, it starts with the applicants. First, we got to apply, right? We got to stop thinking that we're not good enough. We got to stop thinking, oh, they don't want me. Oh, they they probably going to give it to someone. So, oh, that job's already spoken for. First, that's the first thing we have to apply. I work in HR and many times what I've seen is you don't even have diverse candidates applying for shit. So how can the company hire if we're not even applying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's thing number one. Thing number two is what career fields are we going into? Um, there are a lot of career fields like actuaries, like black people ain't going into that for one reason or another. We're not going into it. So if you look at a certain department, you say, oh, this department is all white. Well, show me the black people that were interested in working there. Um, but then it's also so one, we got to apply. And before we apply, we need to make sure we're qualified. We have our education, our experience, our certifications. All of those things are there to where we're competitive against our peers Two, those recruiters who are working for these companies have to be intentional about selecting diverse talent pools for hiring managers to interview so that there is an opportunity for minorities, for women to get into these roles. And then I think the most effective way to interview candidates to ensure that bias is not um, a factor in the hiring process is have hiring panels, right? So if it's the three of us, we're Black we hire, you know, we're interviewing four people. More than likely, we're going, and, and one of those people is black. 
we're going to probably feel real comfortable with the black person. And it's highly likely that the black candidate will make it right. But if I, as a black woman, am on the panel with an Asian man and a white woman and a Hispanic man, now we all have different lenses and it really levels the playing field. So it's how intentional are hiring managers being about the panels that are um, interviewing candidates. Um, so it's, it's just, I think there are a lot of different factors. It's not create opportunities specifically for black people. I think that sounds great in theory, um, but it's not realistic in, in, in practice. It just, it, it's not. It's how do we educate ourselves to navigate these systems, to get around impediments while simultaneously corporations are trying to come along this diversity journey. Sorry if that was long winded. <laughs> oh no, it was, it was definitely like yeah, good yeah. information in what you were saying. Um, you had my mind kind of in a like in a spindle when you talked about like hiring panels. I never thought about it like that with any mm-hmm. kind of company, just having a panel instead of like one person vetting multiple candidates, actually have a panel. I think that's a I great know. idea. Absolutely. And we do that a lot um, at my company. Uh, I know other companies do it quite a bit. Most large corporations, especially for more senior roles, um, at least manager and above, there's some type of panel involved. Um, but again, it's who is that panel? Who is the panel? If it's all if it's all black women, we're probably going to hire a black woman. Not on purpose. It's just where we're comfortable. Because another thing we have to understand is by the time you make it to the interview, you you've already proven that you're qualified for the role. That's not why you're there to interview you're, you and everybody else who's interviewing are qualified. Bare minimum, you all meet the, the minimum requirements. You all probably meet most, if not all of the preferred requirements. So that's not why you're there. You're there to see, does this hiring manager really want to fool with you every day? Do they want to deal with you every day? How well do you mesh with my team? Do you balance out the team? Or are you going to throw us off with your energy? Right. Um, that's what we're looking at. You know, if I have to work a 12 hour day, do I really want to do that beside you? So that's your, that's your time to find common ground with those people. That's your time to show who you are as a person. And guess what? If they don't like you as a person and they don't hire you, good, because you don't want to work with someone that doesn't like you. You don't want to work with someone who doesn't relate to you and that you can't relate to them. It's not a positive employee experience anyway. But Yeah, the panels are, they're so helpful because I may see a candidate very differently than one of my peers and then bring that, my perspective. And they're like, you know what? I didn't think about it that way. You're right. This person is actually better than maybe the candidate I thought. So yeah, you just, you got to have different people in the room and their voices actually have to matter. So do you feel like the lack of advancement for colored people led you into creating the SABSC. I want to just use acronyms, but the San Antonio Black Social Club. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you the truth. I look, I'm I'm a straightforward person. No, um, <laughs> when I created it, um, it was out of sheer boredom. It was. I've lived in San Antonio now for seven, eight years at the time. Um, I don't know any black people. I don't have any black friends here. 
what the fuck? Like, where are the black people? And <laughs> I love my white friends. If any of my white friends are watching, they know I love them and they are my family. But black people know there's a certain bond that we have where we can walk into any room with any black person we've never met before and a simple you get the nod. You saw me, you get the nod. <laughs> you get the head nod, even if it's just y'all two in the room, you know, shit go off. I got you. Like, or you see people, you know, you see white people, white people, and doing crazy shit. Y'all look at each other like that's a whole conversation. It's a whole, a whole <laughs> that's a whole conversation. So I missed that. And I realized that my kids are growing up in an environment because they go to Atlanta often to see family and they also go to DC often to see family. And you know, out there, we talk a lot of shit. You got to be quick with it with the mouth. And I was like, dang, my kids are not quick with it at all. They live in Holotus, Texas. I call it <laughs> right. It's Mayberry out here. And I'm like, my babies are just going to get roasted. They cannot, like, they cannot hold their own. So I was hoping that I might be able to meet a couple of black people. Maybe those black people have kids. We have this shared experience, no matter where we've come from, no matter what our friends look like, there's commonality amongst all of our experiences. And I missed it. Um, I missed it like I miss my grandma. Like it was like, I miss home. Um, so I started the group, opened it. I'd never even been in a Facebook group before. I think I've been in one other Facebook group before that. And I was like, I don't really know how you're supposed to do this thing. As y'all saw, I was struggling just to get set up for this. Like, this is not my thing. So I'm like, I'll start it and like, you know, invite a couple people and tell them to invite people. And I think within like the first 30 days, I had like a thousand members in the group. And I was like, whoa. Um, <laughs> it was crazy. But what that showed was I wasn't alone in how I felt that there are all these other black people sitting in their homes in the city of San Antonio, not knowing how to connect, not knowing where is a central location that we can come together as a community. And, you know, I'm so proud and grateful that I've been able to provide that space um, online and, you know, prior to the pandemic um, in person. So it's it's been incredible. And I've learned a lot from, from the people in the group. I think there are people there that would say they've learned a little bit from me. Um, we, we just, we try to help each other where we can. And in the meantime, in between helping folks, we, we, we talk our shit. We do what black people do. We talk our shit. We crack jokes. We laugh. We have a good time. We, we argue a little bit in there, but you know, it is what it is. We family. Yeah. You definitely see the jokes in there, the memes, everything. Like, yeah. <laughs> so you say you got a thousand members in 30 days. How many members does it's now called the black social club. It is. Um, I'm right at about 7,200 members now. 7,200. What motivated the name change? Just because it's spreading uh, nationwide, globally? Yeah, it's hard to contain the group to one city. Because um, if you think about it, people are not stagnant. People are fluid, right? So maybe someone joined the group in 2019 when we started and they're a military member and now they have PCS'd on to their next location. Well, I'm not tracking them and kicking them out the group, but now they're in California, but they're still part of the SA Black Social Club. Then, you know, you may have a person in corporate America who's got a job offer in San Antonio and they want to join the group to find out where the Black community is in, in the area, but they live in Virginia right now and we've never stopped them from joining. So, 
truth be told, there's always been a bit of a blend. Um, we tried to at first keep it all San Antonio. And so I just wanted the name to really reflect what the group is. It isn't just San Antonio. It's the Black Social Club. It's for all Black people everywhere that want a sense of community. And, you know, I, I just, that, that that's what it is. I just changed the name because essay wasn't accurate anymore. I feel you. <laughs> Like it's gonna spread, it's gonna spread even more now. Just it's all the name. Oh, sure. I mean, we've got people east to west coast and everything in between, north, north and south, everything in between. And I encourage it. I think you know, there's so much, there's so much richness in our community that we have to offer, whether it is an encouraging word or a laugh or some actual useful information. Um, I've seen this group come together, help people get jobs. We've gotten people hired. We had a group member whose home burned down and we came together to give him the things that he and his child needed. We've done toy drives. We've done back to school bashes where we've provided um, black children here in San Antonio with school supplies. Um, we even had when a member passed away and their best friend wasn't able to attend the funeral in Canada, we did a memorial service for that member here at my in my backyard. Like, I mean, we just do what we have to do to show love and support each other. And I don't think there is a regional restriction on showing love and spreading positivity. For sure. That's 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 big fast because you you relocating as we real soon, right? Yes, I'm about to be H Town bound. I'm moving to Houston on April 24th. So if you're in Houston and you're seeing this, I don't know nobody out there. So shoot me a message. <laughs> join, join, join the Black Social Club. Yes, you're in Houston do. and you're watching this. Join the Black Social Club. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we know at least 100, 200 people in Houston, so we we can get you plugged in. Give 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 you in the right place so you can know where the black community is in Houston. Yeah, because y'all know I don't be living where the blacks are. I'll be in a hole. Yeah, (laughs) you know what bringing you be you be where it's a lot of diversity. (laughs) Wherever I live is gonna be heavily diverse, (laughs) but mostly white. But I mean school districts. I gotta go where they're funding the schools the best for my kids. That's just real. Unfortunately, our school districts are are underserved, they're underfunded, and um I ain't paying private school tuition for three kids. I'm just not doing it. So oh my mama's watching. Hey mom. Hey mom. That's that's your mom right there, Miss Gwendolyn Map. That's your mom. It is. Hey mom. She or may she may or may not claim me by the time this is over. Now I gotta try not to cuss. And this is water, mom. Water. <laughs> hey, ma. Hey. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're on Clubhouse, right? I am on Clubhouse. Yes. All right. So check this out. Look at the bottom of the screen. There's a room on there called Hello Houston. And they have the Hello Houston morning show Monday through Friday. from oh. Central. There's a whole there's a lot of networking going on in there. Let me write that down. I, I'll see you. Link and everything, you know, you can send links off Clubhouse and stuff now. So yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, so if you get up in there, just uh, I'll probably be in there with you. So yeah, you'll be connected with some great people. Awesome, thank you. I'm definitely gonna check it out. I mean, I don't know nobody, but 
my network there is much smaller than it is here or in many other cities. Um, but I fell in love with Houston and I trust myself. I bet on me every time. So I'll be fine. And, and your mother did claim you. She said, hey, mom in the house, my girl. See? Oh, oh she claimed me today. Ask her tomorrow. It might be <laughs> <laughs> she's proud. She's proud of you. Know? She's proud of you. That happened before in my life. <laughs> yeah, we definitely can help you get connected with some good people in Houston. Like, sure. Man, I appreciate that. No problem at all. Yeah. Uh, what sparked your creation of the Black Fitness Club? Yeah, the Black Social Club. So, what sparked the creation? Of the you, you big on fitness? I'm in there. I'm in that thing. I got a little home gym. So quarantine. I be by myself all the time. I bought a Peloton bike. Oh, you been getting quarantine thick, like two chains on. <laughs> Working on my fitness. Jesus is my witness. No. <laughs> so I got this Peloton bike and I was so excited about it. And then I set up this whole home gym. I got like a rowing machine and weights and yoga mats and all types of stuff. And I was so passionate about it. And I'm like, I don't want to be one of those people. You know, the people that like they do a five minute walk to their mailbox and they have to post it on Facebook and be like, oh, my God, like I just smashed this workout. It's like, stop. So I didn't want to be one of those obnoxious people. Just post, 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 post. And I didn't want to put it in the group either. But I wanted to connect with other people who were also working on their fitness goals. And then it hit me that. You know, if I'm concerned about my health, you know, I'm 36 years old now and I'll be 40 before I know it. And I'm just like, as a black person, we are more susceptible to high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, all these things that we don't want to talk about because we just want to eat our chicken and be left alone. Um, so I'm like, how great would it be? Right. Like, give me my. <laughs> yeah. Give me some good baked mac and cheese and get on yeah. my face. Right? <laughs> so, but we do have to, as we're getting older, we do need to make sure that we're being proactive about our health. And I wanted to create a space for other Black people who are trying to be proactive about their health, whether it's to lose weight, whether it's to gain weight, whether it's to build muscle, whether it's to maintain what you're doing. But to just have, again, because we family. I'm like, Black people, we family. And to be surrounded by family in a loving, supportive community. The vibe on that group is very different than the social club. So there is no, um, there's no clowning in there. Like we joke about food, like, you know, here's me running, looking at this donut type stuff, but not about someone's goal. If someone's posting a photo of themselves or asking a question, um, what's amazing is we have some gym owners in there. We have personal trainers in there. We have nutritionists that are in there. So a lot of the information that you're getting, you're getting from professionals. When people post a question, I'm good at tagging Sean Phillips. Shout out to Sean Phillips and um, Texas Muscle and Fitness. That's my homeboy. He owns two gyms here in San Antonio. So I'm constantly tagging him when people ask about workout tips and stuff. I'm like, ask Sean. As Sean, um, you know, my friend Rodney is in there. He has a wellness um, company that he runs and he's all about nutrition. And, um, uh, you know, so we just we have good people in there. And But I didn't want it to be preachy on the main page and I didn't want it on my personal page, but just a real private, personal place that we could come to share our goals and motivate each other and feel like we're in a protected space. 
Yeah, that's dope for sure. And y'all have hiking groups and things of that nature as well, right? Oh, yeah, we be hiking. We be hiking, hiking. What's your uh, longest hike? My longest hike, I believe, is 17.26 miles. Ooh. That's like four hours? Um, no, that was a little bit longer. I think that was like five, five and change because like, okay, so you got black people's definition of hiking and then you got what hiking actually is. So I don't do black people hiking, which is like walking on a trail with some trees around like a paved trail, like hiking is off in the woods. There's wildlife. There are big rocks. There is dirt. You ain't got no cell phone signal. That's the hiking I do. So it takes a long time because you're navigating through terrain. You're climbing up stuff. There's steep inclines, but I love it. I well, love you it. You off the trail with it? Oh, I'm out there. Well, you out there? Okay. It's just me, Jesus, and Myrtle. You out there navigating, navigating these uh, backwoods out here, these Texas backwoods. Oh yeah, I know Texas woods very well. There's not many parks around the state of Texas that I'm not familiar with. If they're legitimate hiking. Most of the state parks are that way. So I love to get out there and just get lost in the woods and disconnect from everything. It's beautiful. And I think as black people, we got to stop being so afraid of all the shit we've seen on Netflix, thinking that something's going to jump out and bite us. I mean, it could technically, but it's not likely. <laughs> if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. But that's why I say it's me, Jesus, and Myrtle. So, you know, anything come out, Myrtle got my back. <laughs> I have Gloria with me. Exactly. <laughs> I ain't came. To, I ain't came to the point of naming, but just know, I be ready. <laughs> I be ready. All of my um, all my guns have old lady names. I call her Gloria because it's <laughs> Gloria the God. Keep up the greatness, Nia. Dropping all. Do your thing, lady, Nia. I'm proud of you. Peace. Love and keep it real. Look at mom. Mom's showing mom. out tonight. Look at she you see she, she's showing out. She's showing out tonight now. She's like, Did y'all know that's my daughter? <laughs> that's my baby. Tell Nia, tell her what you do. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got into what you do, so we we you already told us. <laughs> We already knew. We already knew anyway. So you know, we research our guests. We research all our guests. Yeah, we do. We do a little digging, a little bit. Some dig. Oh, did you find any dirt on me? You found some juicy stuff. I wasn't looking for that. No, nah, we don't be looking for that stuff. You know, it doesn't just... exist. It really doesn't. There were people. That, <laughs> trust me. At this point, if if there was dirt on me, it would have come out as hard as some people want there to be. <laughs> Nah, we weren't looking for that. We were, we weren't looking for your tea. Look, they would have done me <laughs> Jackson and been like, she on here telling people how to live and not to be hoeing and look at her. No, they would have been put me on blast. They ain't finna dare Jackson, my black ass. All right, so what would you say the ultimate goals of the Black Social Club and the Black Fitness Club are now since you've changed your name to not be specific to a location? TBSC, TBFC. Yeah. Is that what it is? I haven't even. I like acronyms. I like, you know, that's a military thing. Now it's got 12 million acronyms. It's crazy. Um, I think the goals are are multifaceted and they're fluid. They evolve over time. Uh, like I said, the initial goal was like, are there any black people out here? Hello. 
Um, now it is, is how, do we, how, how do we continue? How do we continue to cultivate a rich sense of community with Black people? I mean, and I think the beauty of the pandemic is that it's helped us to realize that we don't really have some of these limitations. Some of them are self-imposed where we feel like I can't be close to somebody that lives in Kansas City, Missouri, because I live in Texas. And it's like, but you can because you can call them and FaceTime them. And um, they're just things that you can share with one another. Um, so I think one, it's to continue to cultivate that environment for the black community to provide networking. Like, let's be real. Let's be smart. All these, a lot, many other communities have gotten this right for a very long time. And for whatever reason, there are a multitude of reasons we could get into as to why the black community hasn't progressed as quickly as some other communities. Um, but one of them is we just, we don't reach out. Sometimes we feel like I spoke about earlier, sometimes we feel like, well, I'm not important enough or that person's too important to talk to me. So I'm going to let them have that. Sometimes it's our own insecurity. It could be jealousy. It could be a plethora of things. Um, but we don't network, I believe, effectively. So it's to say, and we've had several posts in the group where we've shared like LinkedIn stuff. And when you scroll through those threads and you see what these people's actual professions are, um, and get connected. I know at one point we had a guy in the group who is a recruiter. He's still in the group, but he's a recruiter and he was just passing out jobs left and right. They were trying to hire up at some company he works for. And he was like, anybody needs a job, hit me up. I got you. And he was just getting folks jobs. Right. Um, I've been able to help people find jobs at USAA, um, qualified people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it one more time qualified people with a financial services background who are competitive candidates. <laughs> so don't be inboxing yeah. me talking about, I've been doing this for 15 years over here selling cars. And now I want like, help me get this, you know, six figure job. I can't do that. Come on now. I started selling cars back in 1986. That's wonderful. <laughs> but now you should own a so, you know, I think networking is so powerful and understanding the right and wrong way to network. I've done lives about that um, because network, there's an art to it. And I would consider myself to have mastered that art at this point. Um, there is just there's a way to do it and there is a way to not. And so um, if we can network amongst each other, sometimes we can cut each other a little more grace. I've had people reach out to me that. Had it been part of my strictly professional environment, I would have never responded just because of the approach, right? But now this provides me an opportunity to mentor that person um, and to provide them with some coaching to say, hey, I'm going to talk to you. And then when I talk to them, I let them know in the future, if you're going to reach out to somebody for this purpose, here is probably a little bit better of a way to do it. Here's a, here's a, here's a more refined way to approach that than where we started. Um, so it's just it's just helping. And I think mentorship, which we do have a mentoring program, is another key of that. Those of us who are doing well, I believe, have an obligation to reach back, to share knowledge um, and to help mentor and coach others who are really striving and willing to put in the work. I love to see it. Yeah, yeah. So you talked about how important the networking is. And it's proper ways to 
network and not network. What are some of, well, what is a foundation for good networking? Um, one, know who you're approaching. And I'm not saying, I know John Smith is the vice president of corporate development. Okay. So you don't know him. Like when I say know who you're approaching, know and understand the work that they do. Know and understand what is important to them. Um, have a perspective, have a viewpoint and be prepared to, when you reach out to this person to introduce yourself in a way that is meaningful, that is concise and to the point. Um, don't come with an ask. <clears throat> Many times the people that you're looking to to mentor, guess what? There's a ton of other folks who want them to mentor them as well. They are probably at capacity for mentees. And here you come hobbling along talking about, hey, man, I see you the VP of corporate development. Yo, that sounds tight. I want to know how to work over there. <laughs> Email etiquette is key, right? Bruh. Or like, I want to know how to have your job one day. Okay, calm that down. It's simply, you know, John, you know, dear John, my name is Nia, currently serving as a business strategy and planning director in HR. Um, some of the work I've done over the past few years is this and this. I've been, been able to execute on this and this, driving whatever change for the business. And your team has caught my eye or your work has caught my eye. I was really impressed when your team did X, Y, and Z last quarter. And I'd love to pick your brain, understand more about that. And also I have some ideas I'd like to share with you. So now it's like, oh, you're actually familiar with the work. Or even I've done sometimes, you know, I spoke with a member of your team. They mentioned that this is a challenge you guys are currently having. I had that challenge in my area about a year ago. Um, I've been able to solve it. Would love to share with you um, to help you guys out. Here's the thing. You have to find a way, or at least my strategy has always been to find a way to be an asset. Because once you need me or once you realize that I'm valuable to you, I will never have an issue getting on your calendar and you will never not do something if I need you to do it for me. Um, so first, you've got to understand, know who you are talking to, know what they do, and then understand maybe you want to talk to them now. But if you truly know and understand what you do, you might understand that, oh, you know, they're actually preparing for a board deliverable. So I shouldn't hit them up until after May board. I'll talk to them in June. I'll set a reminder on my calendar. Be, be sensitive to what those people have going on. Don't just cold call people. Um, I recently moved into a new role. And the old role that I had, um, the job requisition is up for it. I've been flooded with emails of people who have applied for my old job and want me to give recommendations to my former boss for them to get my old job. Now, of all the people that have hit me up, flooded my email at work about it, only one of them has a real, a real relationship with me. So only one of those people talks to me in real life. I've only spoken to one of those people in the past year. They got it. <laughs> I'm just network saying, is net worth. If I'm going to hand out a recommendation, I'm going to do it for someone that I know and trust. So 
But I, I mean, I'm getting, I got an email today from somebody. Hey, I saw this role is open. I know it used to be yours. Um, I'm looking for a recommendation. They out. <laughs> I've never worked with you. I don't know your work ethic, your work quality, your work style, where you would fit and vibe with the team. I don't know any of this stuff about you. I don't know you. But clearly this email tells me you're not ready to work in that environment. You know, and then you're coming to me before we've ever spoken, before we've ever established anything. And you're already coming to me with an ask of I want a recommendation. Well, there's no reciprocity in this relationship. Why do I need it? I don't. Because it's now you're showing me that if I engage with you, this is going to be a road of Nia do for me. Nia help me. You know, where it could have been, you know, I'd love to figure out what were you doing? Where can I help with the transition? What does the team need? You know, none of that. It was just, you know, I want a recommendation. Like, you go give me the damn recommendation now. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've been gave my recommendation. Like, <laughs> so it's just, it's crazy. So it's the approach. There has to be a finesse to it introduce yourself say who you are in person is best but right now we have to get really really you know we got to finesse our way through this virtual environment so give a good introduction be concise no one needs all you know your first job to now no one cares that you used to be the shift manager at wendy's just what have you done in like the past couple of years and what do you know about this team and where do you plug in and help them once you're face to face with that person it always works for me and here's my biggest um secret, I suppose. I don't think it's a secret because I've shared it a million times. But once I'm once we're here, once we're dialoguing, if I want you in my in my world, you're not leaving because I'm not going to let it happen. So there has to be consistency. Uh, you know, women, we talk about this a lot with men and dating. It's the same with professional networking. You have to be consistent. I'm not chasing you down to figure out if you got that promotion you were interested in. I got shit to do. So you got to follow up with me. Get on my calendar, you know, mm-hmm. and let me know. Hey, Mia, we spoke and da, da, da. I mean, I'm going to follow up after a while, but you can't leave it up to a leader to, to remember this, that, and the third. Put yourself in their face. And so for me, if I were dealing with you and I'm like, oh, you know, thanks so much for meeting with me. It's a great conversation. Um, I want to continue this conversation. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up some recurring meetings on the calendar, maybe monthly or quarterly for us to get together. If we have a conflict that comes up, we'll just move it around. But that way we can stay in touch. And that and if your team needs anything at all, don't wait until then to call me. Just call me whenever and I got you. They're like, oh, I, haven't, I still haven't asked you for shit. I've come to the table knowing what issues you have and I've offered my services. More than likely, by the time we're in that first one-on-one, I've already solved something for your team and I'm just gifting it to you. So, you know, I am an asset. Um, and for actually do set them up and no one has ever told me, no, uh, I don't ask for permission to do shit. Notice I didn't say, Hey, would it be okay if we get together every now and again? Or, Hey, would you mind mentoring me? Don't ask people to mentor you ever. Don't. You know what it is. They know what it is. Once you ask, it feels formal. It feels like another obligation. It feels like work and people get sometimes turned off. I've never asked someone to mentor me. So it is, I just want to keep the conversation going, get it done, but don't ask for permission. Just do it. And no one has ever said no. No one's ever declined my meeting. 
All right, so you you got that calendar booked up, or you you, you got that calendar? Baby, I live off my calendar. <laughs> Using Google Calendar? What calendar? No, my Outlook Calendar. Outlook Calendar. Yeah, everything's on Outlook. Um, you quick with I'm, emails too. You quick with them. Oh yeah, yeah. You gotta be. You have to be because if if I'm not, someone else will be. That's the problem. People always think they got time, you know, and I think one of the one of the things, especially black folks have this attitude of like they don't pay me to 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 respond to no email at seven o'clock at night. Shit, I get to that in the morning. And while you sit up there getting to it in the morning, a hustler like me is like, oh, it's seven o'clock. I'm still awake. Shit. Hold on. Let me send this email. Boom. Done. And by the time you think you're ready to come solve the problem, I'm already in their face and I've already stolen whatever opportunity you thought you were going to have. We got to get out of this bullshit mentality of they don't pay me to do this. Well, guess what, stupid? If you want to make more money, you got to put the work up first. Hey. Nobody, nobody pays you for what they think you can do. They pay you for what you've shown them you will do and can do. And it's okay if you're that person who prioritizes going on vacation 24 seven, if, if that's your goal in life is to be on vacation once a month, that's fine. But understand you're not gonna progress. You're gonna sit in the same shitty job for years and years and years. You might be good at what you do. You might be intelligent. You might have a phenomenal personality, but if you are not available consistently, readily and effectively, anybody dealing with that shit? Everybody dealing with it. So we got to get this attitude of, uh-uh, shit, I did my eight hours for the day. Psh, fuck it, I did my 12. What's your point? He gone. So, <laughs> huh? That's just something I recently started doing. I don't know why. Just saying what what people gone. They gone. Yeah. Like, they out of the picture. And she gone. He gone. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, because I see people that talk out of both sides of their mouth, and I'm like, you're full of shit. You know, and that doesn't mean I don't take vacation. I do take vacation, but I'm very mindful about when I take it. I'm looking at an enterprise calendar saying, okay, well, if board meeting is going to be here and we have a talent calibration here and I know the role that I play to get these things done, then I can't take a vacation a week before all of it. (laughs) And you got dumbasses that do that. You got people that be like, I'm out of office next week. I'm like, Next week is the week before board. How the fuck are you out of office? How? How? Me, it's the week before board. I'm available to you 24 hours a day for that whole week. What do you need? If you send me a a work email at 10 p.m., you will have a response before 10.30 p.m., period. What you said about beating beating them at their own game. mm -hmm. You figure out what you can bring that others don't do. Anytime I've joined a new team, I always sit back and I shut up and I listen, which is great because I'm an introvert. I don't like talking a whole lot anyway. So I will sit in a meeting and I just listen. I go to my next meeting and I listen. Mia, you got any thoughts? No, I'm good. I'm just taking notes. What I'm listening for is what are people complaining about? What doesn't work? What is broken? What is something that this team or this department um, has been trying to solve and can't solve it, can't get it right. What is the work that nobody else wants to do? That becomes my baby. That becomes the thing that I say, I'm going to figure this shit out. I'm going to master it. And 
you are a fucking home run at that point. Once you fix something that your 10 predecessors couldn't fix, that's been broken for 20 years and you step in in the first quarter and you're like, here's the plan I've laid out. Here's how it's going to work. It's already an execution. What's up? But that doesn't happen when I'm on vacation every other week. It doesn't happen when I'm not willing to work past 5 p.m. It doesn't happen if I'm not willing to sacrifice. We understand that sacrifice is involved with any level of success. Look at these professional athletes and how they train. They don't say, shit, I worked out yesterday. I'm taking the day off. These people train. You know what I'm saying? They're not me. I'm like, nah, man, I got a good workout in yesterday. I'm going to hit up Duck Donuts. Like, they're not me. <laughs> and that's why I don't look like them. I don't look, I ain't got no six pack. I look like a mom up under these clothes. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. But they work out six, seven, eight hours a day. They're diligent in their diet, right? That's sacrifice. But look at the reward. I'm willing to sacrifice one or two margaritas. I'm willing to sacrifice a girl's night. I'm willing to sacrifice sitting across the table from some dude that's trying to waste my time anyway. Hey, for, hey, 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 hey Miss Nia, what you got going on? You know, I saw you on the LinkedIn and I just wanted to uh invite you out to the steakhouse tonight to get you get to know you better. I get that on LinkedIn sometimes. It is so creepy. Um, he gone. <laughs> I think I might steal that. Um I'm putting you on official notice. I'm probably gonna steal that. Yeah, I have gotten in that try to, you know, flirt with me on LinkedIn, which really throws me off because I look at LinkedIn as an extension of the office. So I'm like, why are you saying this to me and my messages on on LinkedIn? It's like, oh, you're beautiful. You're smart. I'm like, well, I'm not beautiful at work. I'm all those other things, but I'm not beautiful at work. Don't No, no. Um, no I'm single as a Pringle, though. I just learned that whole Phrase. I think that's a really cool one. Single as Pringle. Um, Pringle. I, I don't really like that phase because I don't eat my Pringle single. When I pull Pringles out, I'm pulling them out two or three of them out at a time. That's how these San Antonio men do. That's why I don't deal with them. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the Pringles chips. I'm talking about know. the men. No. <laughs> they gone. They gone. <laughs> <laughs> no um so it's just it's about sacrifice man if you're not willing to put in the work like i said it's fine i don't expect everyone to be as ambitious as me i don't want everyone to be as ambitious as me because that makes my life even harder i love lazy people they make my life easy um so but if you if you're that person that you've prioritized your free time your girl time your boyfriend time, your girlfriend time over your ambition. That's okay. It really is. But I don't want to hear the complaint about, well, I've been sitting in this job for seven years and I haven't promoted because you're not fucking there. Whether mentally or physically, you're not there. When, when your senior most leaders need you at 8 p.m. because someone above them is breathing down their neck and you refuse to make yourself available until 9.30 a.m. the next day, you are not getting promoted. You're not. I mean, that's not a real rule, but it's absolutely real. It's gems though, because shit makes sense. You you down, you down raising raising the bar. You raising the bar pretty much. You down. You doing shit that your peers are not doing. 
all day, every day. And it's not a secret. And I've had people laugh at me. I've had people say, I can't believe you're doing that. I can't believe it's that you stayed at the office until nine o'clock at night. I would never. Yeah, you will never make the amount of money I make either. And then you see, let me drop my little mic on that. Um, but then you see those same people, <laughs> those same people will come to me years later and be like, Nia, what's your secret? How are you doing it? How are you promoting so fast? I'm like, all the shit you be making fun of me about, that's why I'm promoting. Because I'm willing to work harder, longer, faster. I'm willing to press on my resources. I'm willing to consistently network. And networking, what we got to understand, is not always just about networking with someone that you feel is above you, with someone that you feel can give you a job. What makes me great and what I'm known for, there's not a single person watching this who knows me professionally that can say this is not true. I know everybody. I know everybody. So when I want something done, it's the little things that make you valuable, right? So when I want something done, I work in a large company. You got to submit IT tickets and shit like that when you want something to get done. It's annoying. It takes forever. You don't know who you're going to get. They may or may not know what they're doing. Fuck that. I'm not doing that. What I did was figured out how to get to know some of these IT people. I would bring them snacks sometimes. they like, IT people, they eat weird shit. they like big buckets of pork rinds and shit like that. So I, you know, I'm in Costco shopping for my kids. I get a big bucket of pork rinds and I will hobble that shit into the office in my heels and makeup and walk through the hallways with a big thing of pork rinds, take it to the IT people. Here you go. I know y'all helped me a couple weeks ago. I just want to give you a little snack. Thank you. Let me tell you something. Right now, some shit, please. Listen, I don't submit no IT tickets. I need something done in a pinch. I send an IM. I got like four or five people on deck. I just send one of them IM. Hey, I need you to handle this. It's like really important. My system is down and we got this going on. Or my boss's system is down and they have a meeting with the CEO in 30 minutes. I need it done now. I got you. So it's not just networking with the senior leaders that makes you valuable. It's networking with all different people. It's networking with corporate real estate people. So when I need stuff done in a conference room, it's done. I'm not wasting my time on frivolous shit like that. I'm not wasting my time waiting on an IT ticket. Now we've lost a half a day of productivity because systems are down. I will always get bumped to the top of the list because I take care of people. So networking goes up, networking goes down, and it goes across. So you got to have good relationships with your peers too. Yes, yeah, so the up, down, uh, that's like my new dance. <laughs> I can't dance though, not in real that's, life. That's the network dance. I got a hell of a chair dance though. Oh, don't hurt them. No. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, networking is the most powerful tool in my belt. Aside from the fact that I'm smart as hell um, and I'm good at what I do, none of that matters. There's a lot of people that are smart and they're not doing well in their careers. There are a lot of people that are good at what they do and they never promote. It's, it's a balance of all things. It's like when you bake. I like to bake. That's something people don't know about me. I love to bake and I'm a really good cook. Um, you don't say. Oh, Miss Nia, I noticed you was on the 1409 and you said that you was a good cook and you bake. I just wanted the opportunity to uh, meet you for an evening of pastries. He gone. <laughs> Any Negro that thinks I'm cooking for them on a first date is delusional. He gone. He gone. <laughs> he gone. <laughs> No, I love to cook and entertain, though. Um, 
But it's, it's so it's the same if I'm cooking, if I'm baking like a cake. You know, baking is different than how we cook soul food. Soul food, we let our ancestors speak to us before we stop shaking the seasoning. When when the spirit of our ancestor says, put the seasoning down, we put it down. <laughs> baking isn't like that. Baking is a science. You have to have exact measurements to balance everything out to get the desired results you have. It's the same with networking. So you've got to have just a pinch of the salt, not too much. But we got so we got to be got to be consistent. We got to follow up. We got to be relevant. Don't schedule one on one with me. You have nothing to say because I guarantee you, you won't get another one. Um, we have to know who should I be connected to? You should always be connected to people's executive assistant. They're the most powerful people in your company, not the CEO, not the executives, not the not the directors. The, those executive assistants run the company. So you better treat them right. You better take care of them on admin day. You go to Costco, listen, stuff don't have to be. So you go to Costco, you get like a little pack. They give you like three packs. of It's like mugs with candy and stuff inside of it around that time of year. You go in there and buy three or four of those for like 14 bucks a pop. Pass them out to the admins. When you need something, they make it happen. You just take care of people. Look out for them. And you're making a whole lot of sense for sure. For sure. That is like... The gold mine. We always talking about gems, but that's like the gold mine and the diamond mine of networking. For real. Yeah. Always an asset. And I have leaders in every part of this organization and at other large corporations that because I rarely ask for anything, if ever, when I do, the speed at which people move for me. It, it scares me sometimes. I'm like, I'm really not this important. Like it didn't have, like for, I'll give you guys a prime example. Talked about the Lego thing. My son and I love to do Legos together sometimes. He's, he's also obsessed with McDonald's. I happen to be really good friends with a senior leader at McDonald's in their corporate office. She and I met at a conference in New York and we just, we become great friends. Casually, I, we meet at least once a month. Casually, I mentioned to her how my son saw this vintage McDonald's Lego set of Ronald McDonald um, <clears throat> in a store called Bricks and Minifigs, which is like a Lego reseller, right? And I'm laughing. I'm like, girl, he wanted those Legos. And the owner of the store said they're not for sale. And I, jokingly, I'm like, you don't happen to know somebody over there that like might be able to find that Lego set, do you? This is a woman who she's the global, she's the head of global head, uh, the head I've been drinking. She's the head of global shared services at McDonald's. She has responsibility worldwide in this company. She's thousands of employees that report up to her. I mentioned this in passing. Do you know she sent an email to her assistant, which went to McDonald's marketing, which went to the McDonald's archivist who manages all of their history. These people at the corporate level went on a Lego hunt for my son. Dang. And found it. This is a set that was made back in 1990, so you can't just buy it. They found it, got it from a collector, shipped it to me. It's in my house today. 1990. I wasn't even born yet. Damn. Oh, you was a baby, precious. Um, <laughs> and, uh, the baby, that's my baby. <laughs> he a baby, rest your head. Um, so, but that's the that's, and that's something frivolous. That's something that's not even important from a business perspective but because i don't ask people for anything even if it's something silly and stupid like that they will move mountains for me 
And so that's why it's never my goal to get anything from anybody. My goal is to always be an asset. My goal is to always come to you and say, here's how I can help. Here's what I can offer. Here's what I can do. So A, they want me. They be salivating. Me, I got this job coming open. I ain't coming over there. Me, but it would be a promotion. I don't want to work over there. I love you and I help your team and I ain't working for you. You know, and then sometimes it's me. I got this job. I'm like, tell me more, you know, (laughs) but don't ask people for shit. We don't have to do that. When you're valuable, people will see it. They will know it and they will come to you. What's meant for you will be yours. But if the goal is just give me, give me, give me, take, 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 um, you'll find that you're always lacking. Um, I live in a space where I believe that I already have everything I'll already need. uh, I'll ever need. I don't need anything. I want for nothing. And because of that, I'm never really looking for more, but I'm always finding more. It's always coming to me. So find a way to be an asset. And I promise you, and be consistent. Um, You'll have a strong network, but this, will you mentor me? Will you put a word in on the job? Can you do this for me? Can you tell this person that? Can you write this recommendation? I mean, here's the thing. If I have a strong relationship with you, and you're telling me that you're, you're applying. This happened recently as well. And I believe she's watching because I saw her commenting. A friend of mine set up official time on my calendar to talk with me about her career and where she felt she had hit a roadblock. And I said, OK, well, let's talk. So <clears throat> what type of work are you trying to do? What have you been doing? What does your performance look like? What has been your feedback from your manager? What have you done? Right. What types of roles do you want to move into from where you are today? And so as we're talking, she didn't ask me for anything but advice, which I'm happy to give. But I said, hold on, let me look in the system and just see like what jobs are up here now that I think would be good for you to think about applying to. And as we're on this Zoom call, I see one, I open it up. I was like, oh, I happen to be really good friends with that hiring manager. I said, so I want you to reach out to him, tell him I sent him, sent you his way. Set up time, get to know him, see if you like him, if you'd be interested in working with him. And I I got you on the back end. I'll write a recommendation. She didn't have to ask for it, is my point. Like, I'm not dumb. I know that a recommendation would help her. I see her frustration. She didn't have to ask. So when people truly want to help you, when people truly care about your success, they will offer you what you need. You don't have to chase it. You don't have to beg for it. You, you already know. So whenever you relocate where you're going, we got you with connections and everything like that. So just just be just be where we need you to be a couple of days and you in there. I got it. Let me know. Let me after April 24th, that's where I'm at. <laughs> already. Yeah. So have you ever been on a podcast? I've been on one podcast twice. Um, it's a little different vibe than this one. <laughs> yeah. I bet. And no, nobody doing it like the 1409, you know. Yeah, it was a great experience. Um, great experience both times. Love the guys that run that particular podcast. Um, would probably go back on if they ever invited me, but they said I'm too serious. They they try to talk about ratchet shit and I'm too serious talking about like <laughs> and career and you know self-love, and they don't want to hear that. <laughs> hey man, we 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 feed off the energy of the guests, so yeah. And That's we want to hear it all, though. 
Because yeah. all of it is needed for black excellence. For real, yeah. for real. Yeah, we I mean, we have to, I think, like I say all the time, we're not, you know, linear as black people. We or just as people in general, right? Um, I always target what I have to say to black people, but it's applicable to anybody. We're not linear. We can be more, or as my good homeboy likes to say, you can be more than one thing. Um, so you can be ratchet and smart and accomplished and talk your shit and choose to go out and do your thing or choose to stay home and build Legos. Like you can do all of those things. Classy, boozy, ratchet. That's a boozy, boozy. <laughs> I'm a savage. Yeah, that's my- <laughs> oh, look at, look at you. I, I couldn't say boozy right. Classy. Bougie. I see that right. I got to you. That's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had a chance to listen to any of our episodes? I watched one. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was. Uh, it's the gentleman. I think he was on recently, and he was talking about how um, he paid twenty five thousand dollars for a mentor, and how that changed the course of his life. Um, yeah. Yeah. That got my that got my and when people are talking about business and how they progress, that usually gets my attention. So I found him to be quite intriguing and um enjoy listening to his viewpoint for sure. Oh yeah, shout out to Mr. Travis Davis. There yeah, that, that guy is a millionaire. Is he single? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he from, yeah. from where you from? Shit, y'all might know each other. Yeah, he's, oh, he's from the DC area, man. Just yeah, no, so I, I enjoyed that. But I think what impressed me about that whole, like, if I'm being serious, what impressed me was, like, that's when I say, like, when you got to commit to something um, and just do it, you know, nobody pays $25,000 for a mentor. Like, that's unheard of. That is, I think that's a step beyond betting on yourself. That is really like, no, I'm in this thing, balls to the wall for my success. And that's how we have to approach it. No, everyone can't afford $25,000 for a mentor, but there are so many things that you could be doing that you could sacrifice today that would grow you exponentially. So his $25,000, that was a big financial sacrifice. Maybe you not watching all these episodes of, you know, Game of Thrones and instead picking up- Orange is the new black. Um, But maybe you taking that time, that couple of hours a week to earn a new certification or to say, okay, I'm going to cut four hours out of my week from bullshit and invest it into networking. And whether that is I have four one hour one on ones with people that I really want to build a professional relationship with or there are some books I need to be reading. There's a class I need to take. Put it back into your, it's really not as hard as we make it. I tell people all the time, life is simple. Life is so simple. We complicate it. We complicate it with our excuses. We complicate it with being overly emotional and not relying on logic. We complicate it with relying upon other people instead of taking initiative for ourselves and doing things for ourselves. We complicate it um, by so many other things. But at the end of the day, life is so simple. It really is. Um, 
I have people reach out to me all the time, friends. Oh, girl, you're not going to believe this is crazy. And then and now I got to do this and now I got to do that. And I'm like, okay, so just do it. Like, what are we talking about? If you know what you need to do, why are we even talking? Get off the phone with me and just go do that thing that needs to be done. And then the problem solved. And then we can talk about something else later. Oh, you always make it sound like it's so easy. I never said it's easy, but I do think it's simple. Like the solutions are very, I think that's why I'm a good strategist because I'm able to really look at something, complex organization, complex business problem and say, oh, that's the problem right there. Okay, well, to fix it, all we need to do is this. The hard part is writing out that project plan to say, here's step one, step two, step three. But if you commit to anything and try hard enough, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I told my realtor, I built this house in 2017. I'd never owned a home before. Built this house and me just being me because I'm always just with the people I'm close to. I'm always just saying what I'm going to do. I never know how I'm going to do it ever. So I built this house in 2017. I'm like, yeah, girl, I'm going to just live here for like three or four years. And then I'm going to just build me a big old house. This is just a starter house. And by this ain't even like a shack of a home. It's a really nice house. But I'm like, mm -mm, this is my starter house. She was like, Nia, this could be somebody's forever home. This is not a starter house. I'm like, mm -mm, three to four years, I'm out. And I've been saying it, saying it, saying it without tracking on a calendar. What does the three to four year mark look like? How long have I been in this house? Three and a half years. My new house is under construction in Houston. And it's like, I spoke that. I made it happen. Manifestation. When I first, when I got my very first promotion at USAA, um, it was a huge pay bump. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, I didn't think I could do this. And then it hit me. I was like, well, if I did this, I think I could make director in five years, which is un heard of. It doesn't happen, not even for white males. It does not happen. But here comes my bold black ass. I just made it from the lowest paying position to this role. I bet I could do this in five years. I didn't have a plan. I didn't even know the right steps, who I should be talking to, what experiences or education I needed to make it happen. But guess what? I made director in five years. It was meant for you. Like going back to some of the things you were saying earlier, it was meant for you already. Yeah. So you don't necessarily have to know the answer at the beginning, but you do have to commit to whatever it is. And what I knew in that moment was I had to be excellent at the job I have. So I at least committed to that. And then it's like, oh, maybe I should learn this. And then someone approached me. Hey, there's this role we think you'd be good at. We think you're the only person that could do it. Really? Want you to want you to interview with this, you know, chief strategy officer. Me? I mean, okay. Not realizing that was a key experience that I needed to accomplish this goal. So the universe will bring you what you ask it for. And if all you can see, yes, yeah, if the alchemist, all, yeah, the alchemist, the secret, all of that is real. It's, so if all I can see is 
Nobody wants to promote me. They don't ever promote black women. They not trying to hear me. Then yes, I won't be heard. But if I walk in there, like I have something of value to offer them. If they choose to take it, good for them. But I'm going to keep showing up every day, being valuable, smiling my ass off. I'm going to choose to be happy on purpose. Then that attracts the right people to me, attracts the opportunities to me. So we got it. That's why I say that negative self-talk, it has to go. We can't we can't think that way because every time we do, we manifest negativity in our lives. It's not the devil. It's not your boss. It's not your ex-husband. It ain't your crazy ex-girlfriend. It's you. And that's why I tell my kid, you're the most powerful person in your life. Yeah, y'all gotta look at uh the water boy because uh that movie played a uh it gave some some gems about things being of the devil. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of people like to blame it on the devil and evil forces. You know what I'm saying? And what Bobby Boucher, I'm gonna blame everything on. Mm-hmm. That girl is the devil. That foosball is the devil. <laughs> was the devil. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're the devil in your life. You're also the hero in your life. It's what 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 hat do you choose to wear that day? What name do you choose to be called that day? And we owe it to ourselves. Jacks. Yeah, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to our ancestors who sacrificed their lives, who didn't even ask to sacrifice, but just did because they had to, right? We owe it to those people who came before us to do better and to do more and to live consciously and intentionally with purpose. Um, I was just talking about this in a group the other night. You, you know, you've got to align your energy to your purpose and you can't do that when you are caught up in all these other distractions. You've got to clear the space, what matters, and then focus on that. Mm. All right. That's a Gualamese word. You got a question today? Yeah, man. I have the question of today. The question of today is what do you feel is the difference between justice and revenge? Mm, that is such a good question. Um Revenge is what we do to others when we feel wronged by them. Justice is what the universe brings to them that they rightfully deserve. Mm. And sometimes those two things are not the same. So I choose not to participate in revenge ever. Um, I always believe that the universe will do what it's meant to do. And in many cases, when I feel wronged and, you know, we've all fantasized about revenge on some level at some point. And I fancy I could do this. I could do that. Oh, man, they don't even know I'm holding a whole future right here. You know, many times those things I fantasized about versus what I've allowed the universe to do on its own. The universe is way worse than I am. It's way more creative than I am. So I don't I don't play the revenge game. It's like it is what it is. Do you? I release. And that's why I always tell people when I when I do feel like I need to sever a relationship, I say the same words every time I release you to the universe. <laughs> and they've I've had people laugh in my face, but I've turned around and seen what the universe has for them. So 
I think that's what is justice is what the universe brings you that you deserve. Revenge is what we do to interfere in that. For sure. KT, what do you think the difference is? I can't, I can't even follow that. That was too good, man. Was too good. <laughs> I should have went first. Jeez. Oh, my bad. I'm <laughs> never getting invited back. <laughs> no, you're going to get invited back for sure. <laughs> I, I I was uh my answer was kind of kind of along the lines of what you were saying. I would say revenge is just like that self-seeking purpose. You know what I mean? Like you feel like you got to get back, but uh, justice is just uh, unexplainable peace. You know, I met uh, mothers who their son may have died to some type of violence mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't seek revenge. In this case, I think uh, getting a certain penalty would be considered revenge. But uh, these ladies said that uh, they felt justice was served. All they, all they wanted to do was look into this person's eyes and ask them why they did it to get a true answer. Mm. And it was justice for them just to know the purpose of why somebody did something. So I I feel like revenge is more self-driven, you know, like, absolutely. I got to get you back. Like you said, you know, and I think like, like what you're talking about, cause I've, I've had this conversation with close personal friends um, cause I have su- several scenarios in life where friends are like, Oh, you get them back, get them back. Do so. And I'm like, yeah. um, when, like you said, those, those mothers, those family members just want to know why. I think that's another reason we can't, it's dangerous to involve ourselves in revenge. Um, we potentially get in the way of our own destiny and our own blessings doing that because when we understand why someone has done something, or if we understand their background, how they were raised, um, sometimes we can actually develop compassion and empathy for them, understanding that they've done something really wrong to me or hurtful to me, but I understand they're acting out of a place of hurt because that's all they've ever known. So no, I don't necessarily want you in my life. I'm still releasing you back to the universe. But I see you differently. I see you as a victim too, because you weren't loved or you were betrayed at this point and you haven't healed from that. And that's where, again, I just, I think the universe knows all, the universe sees all, and the universe already knows those things. So it's on me to just have some compassion, some empathy, let it go. Mm. Powerful. Both of y'all had some powerful answers. And I can't. I, I'm not gonna follow that because. I, oh man, you gotta give us something, man. You can say A, B, C, D. <laughs> something. You gotta give us something, man. What you think the difference is between uh, justice, man? All, justice is justice is gonna be by the by the system, but revenge is gonna be by the person that's seeking the revenge. So that that's where I'm at with that. Justice gonna justice not gonna be served by the person that. That wants to just gonna be served by the by the people, and revenge is gonna 
be by that person that wants revenge. So that's that's how I'm looking at it. Mm-hmm. System is going to serve justice or not serve justice. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. No. 100 on that. That When you saying that made me uh think of a movie that... uh I'm the Kill. Yeah. Sam, I was just about to say Samuel Jackson played in it. Look at you, man. Look, they don't understand this brotherhood, man. This this thing, man. Look, you already know. You know, finished it. You finished it for me. Yeah, time to kill. I was the movie is good, bro. Like, for real. That's a good ass movie. Yeah. For real. All right. So we got the question of the day out the way. Let's go ahead and get into that. This or that. Hold on, man. What's that? Hold on. What's up? Before you do the this or that, man. Hey man, it's National Air Max Day, right? It is. It is. It's That's National a- Air Max Day, man. man so, I don't have no Air Maxes. I don't have none. You don't got no Air Max. This all. This all. This all the shoes I got, right? You got the Air Max ninety fives for your for your Air Max Day. Yeah, Air Max ninety fives. I would have had the two seventies, but I don't have them with me. You know what I'm saying? I don't got the two seventies with me. So what's your what's your favorite Air Max? It's between the 95s and those 270s that I have that you know I have. Them says it's hard. Okay. Miss Nia, do you own any pair of Air Maxes? Never have I owned a pair of Air Max. What? Oh, man. It's national. Listen. She said, never have I ever. We got to add Never this. have I ever. I add this segment to the show because she just. <laughs> oh, I had to pour some more sake for that. <laughs> Oh, I ain't, we ain't gonna add it this episode. We gotta add it next episode. <laughs> so, my favorite style of Air Max is the 95 Air Maxes. Although, you know, I got a pair of 270s too. I rock with those. I don't know because I kind of like the Air Max Pluses too. But I would say my favorite style of Air Maxes is the 95. And for Air Max Day, I got my favorite color wave. Like, people been asking where I got these shoes from. How did I get them? I'm not dropping all that. But you can see. It's Nike ID. No, these are not Nike IDs, man. I did not Nike ID these. I wish I did. But these Air Max 95s, man, I don't wear them that much. But, you know, when people see them, they always asking. You You know. They 95s, though. I'm going to give me some 1409 Air Max 95s. You know, our colors. RBG. Yeah, yeah I'm going to give me some RBG Air Max <laughs> 95s. Uh, I'm going to have to get a pair, too. You just you just plug the idea in my head. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to go with 95s, right, though? Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Okay. All right. We got that out of the way. You ready, <laughs> you ready for that? that? Yeah, let's go to the just that, man. All right, all right, Miss Nia. Uh, damn, I forgot the shit already. Shit. Oh, wine, wine or sake? Wine. Wine. Oh, you was quick with wine that. Wine over sake. Shout out to Chris Ketter here, our boy. One yeah. Of the, one of the original 1409ers. <laughs> one of the original 1409ers. Yeah. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. All right, what else I got? I'm trying to think, go back to all the gems you drop in, just how you... Hiking or Peloton? Hmm. Hiking. 
Hiking. Okay. okay. Fitness or social? You really go do fitness or be social? Oh, fitness. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's a small group. Strategist or in the insurance department? Oh, strategist. <laughs> yeah, she quit strategy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I like how y'all are keeping mine like so nice and vanilla. I love it. Oh, 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 okay. You want to turn it up? We both busters and blend. We can turn it up. We said, uh, <laughs> we keeping it vanilla. <laughs> what does that mean? I think she wants us to be bold, boisterous, and blunt with the this or that. Oh, shit. I, I appreciate boldness. I do. I have a, a great respect for it because I'm pretty bold myself. Okay. See, now, now we got to hmm, brainstorm. <laughs> That's why I asked you guys. It's like, well, what are our limits here? I didn't know, but you know. there is no limits on this show. That's why we are bold, and blunt. There is no limit. Well, okay. No. All right. Sleeping with clothes on or bucket naked in the nude. <laughs> <laughs> I sleep with a minimal amount of clothes on. Um, because I'm always afraid somebody gonna break in my house and be butt ass naked trying to shoot somebody. <laughs> Like I want in case the cops come and I'm not standing there just ass out. Um, <laughs> did, did you get them? What kind of question is that? Did I got them? Listen, have you man, take me to the range and ask that question? I got this. <laughs> oh man, I think about that though. I'm like, if someone breaks into my house, I gotta have just some type of coverage. So it's not a, it's a, it's coverage. Just you enough. Got, coverage. You had the coverage where you got the, where you got the pistol at. <laughs> right by my side. Slap that no, you sleeping with that thing? Oh you yeah. Had your clothes by your side. I can't grab clothes and the pistol and aim all at the same time. Something got to give, brother. Man, let me tell you something right now. If somebody ever break into my house, <laughs> you're gonna have the privilege of seeing me naked <laughs> and being shot. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I walk around book a naked. <laughs> oh, that's the drop we can add right there. Book a naked. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna go add that in there. Got an extra button here. I'm gonna add that shit up in there. So, book a naked. <laughs> book a naked. Yeah, I'm walking around in the nude. Showing. <laughs> walking around showing that public hairs. <laughs> Not the public hair. Public has. Oh, Everybody don't have those. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh you got you got this or that for us? Since, oh yeah, you got some for us? Since we since we took it to another level. Hmm. I don't know. I don't ask a lot of questions. Let me see. If I really don't. Let me okay. I don't know enough about y'all to get you a good one. So, would you rather tell a pretty lie or the ugly truth? The ugly truth, man. You gotta, you... The ugly. 
We blunt. Come on. Let's just be real with you. Like, me round though. Like, yo, this is what happened. And bing. You hear me? The ugly. That's the question I always ask, and I'm telling the ugly truth. I always ask this question afterward. You feel me? No. They were like, no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I want to hear that. <laughs> Shit, I don't think I got the boy. I ain't want to. Yeah, I don't know. You kind of took me away with that one. She she was ready to go to the next level. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know. Let me see. Let well me see. Is well prepared for the question, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you was well prepared for the question. Well prepared for that one. I, I'm never. I'm. It's hard to find me to be at a loss for words. I'm pretty quick with it. You stay ready. Yeah, gotta get ready, huh? That part. Would you rather? Since you wanted to take it there. Okay. Dance to twerking music. Or watch a Netflix series. Watch a Netflix series. <laughs> Listen, my DNA is 51.8% white. I am not the person you want to get to twerk. It is not. No. You got to manifest that thing. You got to (laughs) manifest. I want to be able to twerk. (laughs) By the end of the night, you just gotta keep keep trying at it. I can actually twerk. I can. Um, I just choose not to publicly, but I can. No, I'm not. I'm not saying like publicly because I know I heard twerking is some good exercise, and you you into the fitness. I used to do this workout at home called hip hop abs, and you have to twerk in there. That's where I learned how to twerk for real because I can't dance, but I did learn how to twerk doing that. That exercise and now I can I can back it on up. Must have had the mirror. You had the mirror in there, yeah. Hell yeah! I'm like, do I look good? How's my form? <laughs> and and then you was talking about your firearms, and you know, mm-hmm. um, brother Pooh Shicey said, uh, <laughs> "Dump the Glock, show me your work or something." Uh huh. Chopper get the shaking like it's twerk or something. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. So you're talking about your firearms. I just I asked about it. I had asked about its work there, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I'd rather be at home, real comfortable. Uh, you know, maybe one day snuggled up under a nice brother, but until then, <laughs> it's just home. All right, I got I got a hard question. This might be hard for you. The Black Social Club or the Black Fitness Club? Oh, the Black Social Club. Uh, Every yeah. parent has a favorite. Listen, you know. You know they don't want you to say it, but every parent has a favorite. So social club. Every parent has a favorite. Hell yeah, they do. Mom, if you're on here, I bet you won't drop your favorite in here. That's because I'm an only child. I'm her only child. <laughs> so I'm, I, I, I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking to my mom now. Oh, you're a mom. If, you, if you're in here right now, I bet you won't drop. The, I bet you won't drop your favorite. I bet, I you, bet, you, I bet you won't drop your favorite, Nia. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. Mine fluctuates. I don't have a consistent favorite, but every day I have a favorite. Most recently, my favorite has been my oldest daughter, Jordan. Like I've been kicking it with her hardcore. Like we BFFs. We loving everything about life. But it's just I think like it fluctuates for me. So I don't have a consistent favorite. 
but I think I go in phases. And right now, Jordan is by far my favorite. They mean that, like they know though. Like they'll know. They'll be like, "Oh, Nadia's mom's favorite right now," and I'm like, "Yes, yeah, she is." <laughs> some some milk and cookies. She, she hey. I'm blunt for real, ain't she? Look, you can have it. Make yourself an asset. Oh, boys, was in blunt in here in 1409. Oh, Definitely yeah. appreciate that for sure. Um, I don't mince my words at all. Appreciate the transparency around here for real. Yeah. Yeah. Miss oh, Nia. Oh, I was just going to ask Miss Nia to, uh-huh. to plug in one more time for all the listeners out there and all our live viewers right now. Plug in one more time everything you have going on. We got this beautiful banner going across the stream. Put it, put it back up there, Katie, so they can see it. There we go. Oh, thank you. Down the Black yeah. Social Club and the Black Fitness Club on Facebook. Yeah. So, Check it out. If you're black, if you're black, that's the only requirement to get into either. We love everybody, but <laughs> black folks need us a, a safe space for, for us sometimes. So if you're black and you want to just congregate with the masses, um, hit us up on the Black Social Club at face on, on Facebook. Uh, if you're black and you're trying to get fit or maintain whatever goal you have, uh, hit us up the Black Fitness Club. We would love to have you. Um, we that's it. I'm not on all these other platforms. I don't know how to work the Twitters and the Instagrams. It's too much. Your, your LinkedIn, uh, your Clubhouse. Come on, plug in, plug in. Oh, plug in. I'm Nia on everything because I'm simple like that. So my LinkedIn is just Nia Map. If you're looking to um, network, mentor, connect professionally, please hit me up on that platform. It's simply Nia Map. M A P P. Um, I am on a Clubhouse. I believe I'm sassy Nia there. And um, am I on anything else? I don't think I am. Only fans. <laughs> when the blazer comes off. No. <laughs> if you want to see that, I really can't twerk. Hey. Um, no, I have an OnlyFans. Deluxe kids. version. Deluxe package is going for what you said, thirty four ninety nine. Premium package is going for fifty four ninety nine. Just. <laughs> Oh, Listen, it's hard in these streets. I'm a hustler by any means necessary. No, uh, not OnlyFans, not OnlyFans. <clears throat> but that's that's where you can find me. I, I you know, like I said, if you want to connect on a social level, uh, hit my inbox on Facebook. It's just me and Map. Um, same with LinkedIn. <clears throat> if you want to connect professionally um, with me one on one, but we'd love to have you join either of the communities, social or fitness or both. You know, because you know you can be more than one thing. Already, I'm tapped in. I'll be back. I'll be back around there pretty soon, and I'll link with you before you go where you're going. For so for so, I and appreciate. You know, anytime you going, you gonna link with me before I'm going where I'm going. Why are you going to jail? Where are you going? <laughs> no, no, you know my final destination. Oh, my 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 aspirations places. I don't want to be. I'm just asking, is he going to link with me before I go? Where I go? <laughs> talking to her? I'm talking Why? to you, man. You going to link You gonna link me in before I go where I'm going? Where you going? I'm going up a yard. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> hey. That's like we get it. Yeah. 
Hey, I'm just yeah, you know <clears throat> you can find us 1409podcast.com. Yeah. Dot com. We got yeah. check it out. www.1409podcast.com. We on uh, always press record TV. Nobody grinds like us network. YouTube. If you watching right now, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you can hear me saying this right now, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Or if you see me saying this right now, subscribe mm-hmm. to the YouTube channel. We on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, all that shit like that. We on there. Follow us on Instagram, 1409 Podcast. Cash app is 1409 Podcast. If you down. Feeling generous. Yeah, we cash apps? Anybody. If anybody. Yeah, we dropping cash. We dropping it all. We told you, plug in, Miss Nigga. Plug yeah, it in. Plug 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 it in. Also, man, tap into the recession proof every Wednesday, 7:30, where the hosts, KT and myself, are giving out pointers on how to start a podcast. We also have 15-minute discovery calls for free on our website. If you think about starting a podcast, link in with us so we can give you some tips and pointers. And uh it's your boy Gualamis World. Just follow me on IG at Gualamis World. Already, all right. It's the fourteen oh nine podcast, and we out. Peace.